Welcome to another episode of Behind the Scenes. They call me Stepney. Tonight I am joined by Caroline Spence. Caroline, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for inviting me onto your show. <laughs> um, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, I, I've, I've, I'll give people a little bit of a background. So I reached out to Caroline on... Sorry, Caroline or Caroline? What am I getting it right? It's Caroline. I reached out to Caroline on, online. Caroline, and, um, yeah. And she 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 gratefully accepted. And I'll be looking at Raya Films. It's Raya Films, isn't it? It is Raya Films, yes. Perfect. Um, and yeah, it was it was interesting because you're a producer, occasional actor, science. You like a bit of science? <laughs> well, um, yeah, I'm I'm a producer and a screenwriter. I, I occasionally do a bit of acting and I have a lot of interests in science and, you know, that's just a, just a side thing, really. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm not, I'm not overly um, intelligent in that respect, but uh, I, I do have a great interest in it and I try to learn as much as I can, but um, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not in the Brian May category. <laughs> Let's put it that way, or, or the Professor Brian Cox category. I just, I just have an interest in it, and nature, and wildlife, and the the environment, natural world, and travel, and and a million a million different things that that um, just fascinate me about life. <laughs> See, I I love nature, and um, I'm scared of it. Right. You know, as I would be, but as, as a Londoner, I'm definitely scared of it. But I love watching Sir David Attenborough, and um, he's. I just, I just think his voice is the most coolest thing in the world. Yeah, he he is he is wonderful. He is my hero. I did meet him once. I went to a book signing in, in um, when I was in working in Bournemouth in a in a previous life, last literally last century, and. Um, and I was all, I, I went out from a, a lunch break and ran down and got his book, which was The Life of Plants. <laughs> and, I was, and I had this very intelligent thing that I was going to say to him. And, and, and he was probably going to think how incredibly interesting and intelligent I was. And all I could blurt out was, I really like your programme. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it so pathetic. So... Um, there you go. That's my, I, yeah. It's my not. It's not even a claim to fame. It's just a little, <laughs> little side thing. My famous person. What I have met, and I completely blew it. <laughs> I mean, it's understandable. He's he's Sir David Attenborough. He's not just he's not just any mm -hmm. old random. Um, no. He is. I think for for all of us, he's grown up. So we've grown up with him. If you see what I mean. Mm. So when we were all younger and watching these nature programs to, to being now as adults and watching these nature programs. And we've seen the evolution of that as well. Um, yeah, you would. I mean, like I said, he's, he's, he's my number mm. one. I, I would, I would love to meet him and just say, um, can you just read me a story please? Cause um, I just like your voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. He's he's an amazing raconteur. You just sit and listen to him for hours, I should think. Um, so yeah. Yeah. We've all grown up with him and, yeah, he's he's a legend. <laughs> he is, and he, and he's a pioneer as well. You know, is um, from <clears throat> very early when he was with the BBC and what he did with BBC Two and stuff like that, um, to even mm -hmm. now with his uh, Green Planet, Animal Planet, uh, the Great British Isles one that we've just recently watched as well. And um, he does it all, and God, he's 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 seen a lot. Mm -hmm. he, he's absolutely amazing. I know. Oh, what a life. What an amazing life he's had. I actually had um, a, in my previous life, I, I had an aspiration to be him. I wanted to be a wildlife presenter and just be paid to travel the planet and play with animals and trek through jungles and, and all sorts of different things. And I, I think, I think, I guess that's how we first started in the 
industry was um, making these little documentaries, um, nature documentaries, where I did my best to impersonate David Attenborough, but, you know, no, not, not strictly, but I just... Uh, just did my, I, I channeled my inner Attenborough and um, did my wildlife presenting to camera. And uh, yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun. Never, never reached the highest accolades that he has, but uh, it, it gave us a start anyway. <laughs> not, not many people can reach, can reach what he's done. I mean, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's not just nah, 10 nah. years, 10, 20, he's 30, 40, 50, <laughs> 60. 60 plus years of, of, of wildlife on one and to where it's progressed to the absolute benchmark. Yeah. Um, so we, we know a little bit about you, but for this next part is I want you to tell us who you are. Okay. So tell us who Caroline Spence is. You've mentioned that you're a producer, writer, occasional actor, and like a bit of science and, and, and nature. And, but, Tell us who Caroline is and how you've got to where you are today. Oh, Lord. Well, um, I guess Caroline is, well, yeah, I mean, all that. And uh, but pre in a previous life, I was not I was none of that. I was just somebody who was very confused about what they wanted to do, was useless at school, apart from one or two subjects like history and environmental science. And um, but I've always been very fascinated with writing. I've always been writing ever since I was a little girl. I, I just wrote and I wanted to write novels and books. And but um, I was rubbish at that. So <laughs> although, you know, I, no, I was OK. But um, I did uh, I did a lot of writing when I was a kid and asp aspired to be a writer. And uh, I never knew what I um, my mum and dad decided that I should go to secretarial college because that would at least give me a grounding in whatever. Um, so I went to secretarial college, hated, hated it, <laughs> but I came out with the qualifications and then I went into work as a secretary um, in, in so many different um different roles and different jobs, working in admin, working in accounts, working in the defence industry. And um, just really, it just wasn't my bag, but I kept doing it because it was work. And um, I always, I was always like a caged bear. I wanted to escape and get out into the natural world and travel and, and do different exciting things like become a wildlife television presenter. <laughs> um which is why I kept writing because that was, I saw that as a way that I could pot potentially do that. So I was writing articles and trying to get them published as, um, you know, writing about natural history, hi ancient history, evolution, that kind of thing. Okay. And um, so I kept doing that. And yeah, I guess, I guess I kind of like after meeting James Smith, who is the, the other half of rare films you know we kind of segued into the into the television or yeah initially the television documentary kind of production and then and then on into feature film but it's um I guess it's another reason I wanted to write was because I have so many different interests I just wanted to explore those interests and write about them and escape the world of offices and clock watching waiting for five o'clock to come round when I could escape but now that I'm yeah <laughs> now now that I'm doing what I do I find all that experience and all that training that I had so useful for what I'm doing now which I could never have predicted because yeah I just didn't want to do it back then but now I'm thinking I can see, you know, how it's benefited me in because you know being a producer is is all about organising and um, being methodical and and just just getting things sorted. It's all about it's all about paperwork, but <laughs> interesting paperwork because it involves feature films. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Is that enough about me? <laughs> does that tell you something? Well, yes, it does. It does. It tells us who you are and how you got to, 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 to where you are. I mean, yeah, a lot of people, when 
when we're younger, we we don't get the support we need. I guess it's not not every parent is very keen to go. Yes, you're going to do um, drama, you're going to do you know production, or you're going to do screenwriting. When you when, when you go to your parents, this is what I want to do. They don't usually give you that same sort of great feedback, and they sort of kind of try and push you somewhere else a lot of the time, mm-hmm. uh, which is why you know, we end up mm-hmm. where we end up, and then we get here. So yes, it does tell us a bit about who you yes. are. Um, when did you when did you find out that when when did you when did you feel in yourself that you wanted to go into this industry well just you know it's interesting what you're saying there about um you know if you go to your parents and you say you want to do this this that or the other they'll say oh no well this is a more safer option over here for you I mean I guess I had a little bit of that because when I was a child I, I I wanted to be an actress and so I'd, I did all the drama stuff at school and I took the extra drama lessons and got qualifications and stuff. But I never had the courage to tell my parents that I actually wanted to be an actress as a, in a, as a profession because I just thought I just knew what their response would be. <laughs> it would. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked. And, and I, I think they would have laughed at me and I wouldn't have wanted that. So so I guess back then, you know, when I was still comprehensive school i guess um i i thought i that's the kind of in that i want to be in this industry but it took me 20 odd years to actually get into the industry albeit in a very um unconventional way so you know because back then you didn't have film school and you didn't have well i i guess you this is the 80s 80s early 80s moving into the 90s I guess you did but it certainly wasn't available to somebody like me so um yeah I just uh I just muddled along as best I could um and and then of course originally yeah so at one point I wanted to be an actress and then I wanted to be the wildlife tv presenter and then I kind of moved into screenwriting and then I thought right okay this is what I, this is where I am now. This is what I really love to do. Um, I just felt at home just writing because, as I say, I've always been a writer, but moving into screenwriting, I kind of just felt at home doing it and I felt comfortable. And I taught myself to do it. I read books, I studied movies, um, wrote them all down, and um, just kept reading other screenplays and then writing, writing, writing. And kind of like just segued into it that way, I guess. So, um, yeah, in answer to the question, in a very long-winded way, I've always I've always wanted in the industry. But, yeah, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get there in the early days. <laughs> it's, it's, for me, it's always, it's always good to hear um, when people look back, and that's, that's why that question always comes up um, and why I like to ask it is because... Mm. Um, sometimes people say, oh, you know, it was, oh, I, I don't know. And then they, they start talking about it and they go, actually, it was back when I was six, seven, eight years old. And um, I always wanted to do it. And then we get pushed away and, you know, life gets in the way. And then uh, and then we get back into it. And it's, mm. it's, it's a process. It's a journey. So it's, it's, it's always a good one. Yeah, to, that's true. Because um, I guess... Yeah, it, it, it has a, it has made me think about that, you know, looking back into my past. And because um, when I was very, when I was young, I was very painfully, painfully shy. And I was always living in my own imagination. I used to watch all these shows on the TV, you know, the, the predominantly American shows. And um, just, you know, just felt it was just another world that was so exciting. And I wanted to be involved in it. And I. I used to watch Arsenal Hardy Boys and, and all this stuff and The Incredible Hulk, the original, with Bill Bixby. Um, and I just, I'm showing my age now. <laughs> but I just absolutely, um, I just found it, it was just another world that I just wanted to be, yeah, part of because it was so exciting. And I guess that's why I wanted to, thought if I could be an actress, I could be part of that world, which I guess I could have done had I had the right kind of, opportunities i guess but anyway that's yeah, that's where it all started the, being a dreamer 
it's great because I look at I look at my young self and I I always loved it. I'm not going to lie. I like you. I always loved it. I, lo- I loved watching shows, um, but I loved watching cartoons and. Um, it was that not non-reality of it of just going this is just amazing how somebody put all this together and then yeah. then watching lots of shows in a in a one tv mm. household and we had, we were a one tv household um, so I, I got to watch stuff that my brother oh um, we were we were <laughs> we still one tv household <laughs> um, yeah, yeah i'm a no tv household now <laughs> nice Nice. See, I said we got. I opted for one, um, just because if we're watching something, we could watch it together. And um, those sort of moments were always, all some of my fondest moments of you know watching things like Hail and Pace and lots of comedy stuff, and you know uh, Dave Allen, um, oh, Harry Enfield. Loved him. Only falls and horses. <laughs> Dave Allen was Dave Allen was absolutely classic. He, he yeah, the best. Um, just so good, um, but yeah, that's 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 why when I speak to people about about their uh, their influences and, and looking back and and you know you, you talk about all the different things, it, it it helps shape who you are now. If you see what I mean, mm, yeah, absolutely. Of course, it does. It's um, you know, you mentioning those old shows and and sitting together and and watching those shows and laughing together. Especially at Dave Allen, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's 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 nice. It's nice. It's precious, isn't it? So uh, it's nice to do that. It's a collective enjoyment. So what what sort of things? Let's talk about some of the stuff that you've been working on. So what? How, how, how many different things have you written and uh, and and put and put out? <clears throat> um. Right, well, we started off doing documentaries, so um, natural history and history, historical documentaries, and um, and then moving into feature film. We just, well, we, we've, we've shot six feature films now, but they are all um, very, very <laughs> low budget, micro budget, zero budget. Um, we keep trying to climb up the ladder to get bigger budgets, but uh, it's just you know it's the times have changed and and it's it's very hard to do that. Um, it's not impossible, of course, but um, we found just by we 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 spent many years trying to get proper money to make our first film film, and um, it took it it yeah it took many. Years we got stung quite a few times with some rogues, so in the end we uh, thought, "Sod it, let's just go and make a film anyway." And we made our, our first debut feature film. We shot it in 2015, which was "Do Something, Jake," and we shot that on a zero budget, which means that it was just like we spent money on food, a bit of fuel, and um, yeah, some bits and pieces of expenses that, that was it and uh, that was our de- debut movie ever since then we've we've enjoyed this freedom of just scraping together whatever money we can find and and just go and go and make films because otherwise we'd just be we'd still be sitting here trying to get proper money to film and we wouldn't have made anything yet so um so that's how we, we, you know, what we've done, why we've been able to shoot six feature films so far is just we've, we've been able to pull everything in-house and think outside the box and able to make these films, get these films made. And, um, and we've just gone ahead and made them without having to be answerable to anybody other than ourselves. So, um, so yeah, our first one was Do Something Jake. Our late, uh, the, the latest release is Cast and Kill, which um it's available on Amazon on Tubi people and um and then our next release is going to be a comedy best geezer so we we shot quite a f- so all all six films are all very very different from each other uh we got thrillers we got comedy we got horror we've got mysteries so um 
Yeah, it's it's a right old smorgasbord of different genres going on. <laughs> it's I, I like to hear that there's that you're not just sticking to one theme and and you've mixed it up a little bit. Um you touched on the funding part and I like to I do like to speak about that because there'll be plenty of people um like yourself that yeah. have struggled with funding. Um how how do you get funding for your how do you get funding and how difficult do you find it getting funding? Well, all, all our funding so far has come from crowdfunding. And um, crowdfunding is obviously grown hugely over the last decade and uh, also or even longer. But um, it's become, you know, a real accepted way of funding a film, even if it's um, seed money or a portion of, or, a, you know, one portion of the, the whole financial plan and the whole budget um it's still is a very ex accepted way and people have raised some very very good money to make uh on via crowdfunding to make films i mean some people raise stupid amounts of money like hundreds of thousands that's not us we haven't got such a big remit of we haven't got such a big network so we haven't been able to rake in that kind of money um or even tens of thousands. So, you know, it's, our, our, our crowdfunding has, has been on the, on the very low side, but we've been able to eke every little penny out of, out of what we've earned into, into, you know, getting, and it is hard. Crowdfunding is hard. Um, it's a full-time job. When you set up a campaign, it's a full-time job. You've really got to throw everything at it. And it's not just about posting on social media. It's about emailing people and being really annoying <laughs> and saying, please support our campaign. And um, sometimes it's 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 a stroke of luck. I mean, you can, you know, people say, some people say, oh, you know, you've, you just, just go to your rich relatives or your rich friends and they'll give you the money. But one thing to learn about crowdfunding is, the people with the most money don't, you know, can be the tightest and they won't give you a fiver. Um, the people with less are the most generous. But there are also people that come out of the blue from nowhere and they're just like say, oh, I've just bought an executive producer perk. Um, here's a big chunk of cash. And it's just amazing, you know, how, how generous and lovely people can be out there, complete strangers. So it's great. But it is hard work. And then there's, of course, the traditional side of funding that um, uh, is a whole other can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you've got to be so careful. You've got to be so careful because there's so many rogues out there. And um, they can talk the talk, but they gotta, they don't ever deliver. So you can, spend a, you can waste a lot of time talking to people that, that say, I want to invest in your movie. And then when you cut, it comes to pinning them down and talking seriously about it, they it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't happen. So yeah. it's swings it's and roundabouts. <laughs> it must be an absolute minefield. It is, just, yeah. Just, just to try and get the money um, is what. The only reason I talk about the funding is because um, for those that are not in the, in the industry and are listening to this, listening to this, um, the reason why people ask for funding is so that people can get paid. Um, everybody wants to wants to work. Mm. Um, yes, people can pull in favors and stuff like that, but ideally, people want to get paid. People like yourself, who's written, produced, and you know maybe even acted in some of your work, you you want to get paid for your time. You know, it's, you can't just live off. Off, uh, well, that would be nice. It hasn't happened yet, but that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that's the, that's my reason for talking about it, um, and <laughs> to explain the complexities around it and how difficult it can be. And yes, there are people that want to promise you the world, and then they just don't deliver on it. And then, as you say, you've wasted time. Um, and again, that would be money because that you're constantly going back and trying to contact them and pin them down to, to something particular. Um, it's, it's a lot of effort. So um, that's why I like to yeah. talk about it. And um, if anybody's watching this, fund their films. Fund us. 
Um, yeah, uh, or, you know, always up for uh, talking to people. You never know. There might be some some philanthropic person out there who wants to strike up a dialogue. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> we all are, all us all producers. Yeah, producers are always scraping around for money. So there's a lot of us out there. <laughs> Um, so we talked about some of your past projects. Let's talk about some of your now projects. Um, Casting Kill. Um, tell mm. us about tell us about this project. Tell us about how it came about. What your thoughts were behind it, and um, yeah, yeah, Casting Kill um, is proving to um, be a very interesting production. Um, it was it was first pitched to me by James. Um, so, you know, because we, we said, right, let's make a film that is just in one location and it can be shot really cheaply and just a few cast members. And this is the problem I've always had is that I've always tried to shoot in one location with a few cast members and I, I'm not very good at that. I, I just, like, keep expanding things out and out and out and, you know, more plot points and characters keep popping up and I think oh I maybe need to expand these things out to another location over here but anyway with Casting Kill I really really made a very hard effort to um, get this thing done with one location and we eventually managed it and um, so it was James's idea but um, and he, he wrote down the the bare bones of the treatment and then I turned it into a screenplay and it went through many iterations um, de depending on the, the the locations that we had or that we were trying to get <coughs> excuse me and um, so we eventually found these fabulous locations in central London and we shot everything in one subterranean studio in Hatton Garden area and uh, but luckily the studio it was a photographer's studio but it had all these like really interesting nooky cranny places it had this really creepy alleyway out the back that was like something straight out of Jack the Ripper and then you know these these just oh this these lo lovely old iron yeah <laughs> lovely old iron um, steps coming down from from the main street level into the basement and that that was really nice and just just all sorts of really cool corners that we could like shoot in and and then we shot shot some exteriors out in a very historical part uh, yard bleeding bleeding heart yard which um i understand has been um it's got a lot of history behind it as we met it's been mentioned by dickens and and all sorts of things so so we shot this film all in one one place and, uh, and it follows the story of a Hollywood casting director who um, comes to the UK and uh, holds this kind of like roadshow for actors, open, open auditions for actors to come along and try and get a role in a Hollywood movie. Um, but obviously this guy is uh, not the full, the full packet and he's a bit of a psycho well he's very much a big psycho and uh yeah he's a very complex and um uncomfortable character but um the reviews we've had of this film have been really really fab I've been very very relieved and 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 everybody's talking about this main character how you know completely psychotic he is and how you know he he switches from charm to psychotic and uh yeah he just turns out to you know like a few murder like to murder people on the side so you know it's along those lines it's um it's a horror film but it's not a slasher it's not there's no blood and gore it's more inspired by the works of hitchcock so it's more of a um intimate you know rather you, you know kind of suggest rather than show the actual horrors that are taking place so so it's not one it, it's it's a good one for people who like horrors but they don't like all the blood and guts and <laughs> stuff flying around so um but yeah we've had some we've had some great screenings we've had some great reviews and we've 
couple of weeks ago, we learned we'd just been um, nominated for the National Film Awards in Best Independent Film, which is a big, I don't know if you've heard, I, I don't know where this, I don't know where this came from. I don't even know how you get nominated, but we got, we got nominated for these, these huge awards that are taking place in London where all these, you know, A-list, A-listers and big, big Hollywood movies have been nominated. And, um, so I really don't know how this happened. I'm still trying to process it. It's amazing. Um, so it's, it runs on a voting system. So here's my plug. <laughs> runs on a voting system. So if you go to the nationalfilmawards.org and vote for Casting Kill in Best Independent Film, I will love you forever and um, we will all of us be hugely appreciative because um, we're up against some big players in the industry. So, yeah, we need all the help we can get if we're going to have any chance of getting anything, getting a prize. So, yeah, that's the latest um, very surprising, very, very welcome um, kind of turn of events for Casting Kill. <laughs> and... It as a feature film that's been nominated, um, well done, first of all. Come on, have some of that. Um, it's Woo! people <laughs> must vote. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna get make sure people vote and uh, and I'll, I'll vote myself and I'll post a link so that people can can know where to go and vote. Um, yeah, I like a, I, I like a good horror film. I'm not gonna <laughs> like it. Sounds like a thinking person's horror film, which is good because again, we can all see the the blood and the gore and everything else, but sometimes. Um, using your own imagination is uh you can imagine what's going to happen so mm -hmm. yeah it's it's good um and yeah i don't know how you get nominated either so uh, whoever nominated you or however you got nominated uh you know yeah. if, if it's one particular person that done it well done we massive respect to that person yeah. um but if not yeah no that's that, that's amazing um what about future projects what what future projects have you got lined up Right, well, we got um, the next release we're going to have is Best Geezer, which is our comedy, which, again, is one of these films that I just went overboard with, with the locations and cast. <laughs> shot on even less money than Casting Kill was shot on. Um, and let me think. Yeah, so so this is, we just, we've actually got, um, we were very honoured that we've been asked to screen the film at the closing gala of the South End Film Festival, because this is a film that's set entirely in Essex. So it's a very British comedy, very Essex, and it's about three hapless entrepreneurs who join together to to make a geezer movie, because their icons are all these, like, these crazy geezer movies where everybody's kicking each other's heads in and you know, these gangster, British crime gangster flicks. And they want to make one of these films. And um, so this is a story of how they go about to do it. And, um, yeah, so we've been asked to screen this film, closing gala of the South End Film Festival. And at the opening gala of the South End Film Festival has got, um, traditionally has a lot of very famous, famous names pitching up. Um, the main feature is a Ray Winston film that is being screened in the Odeon Cinema. And um, ahead of that film, our trailer will show. Um, the filmmakers, um, the director is Stephen Moyer. I don't know, um, he's, I can't keep forgetting what, where he was famous. He was an actor in, in one of these very, very successful vampire series and I honestly can't remember what it is. I should have looked it up. But he's going to be there. We're all hoping that Ray Winston is going to be there. He will be there if he's in the country. Um, he's a patron. Yeah, he's a patron of the festival. So, yeah, he's hoping. But, yeah, so that's going to be the screening of Best Geezer is going to be on the 11th of June, which is not long, not long to go. So only just under two weeks. And so we're going to be screening that there. And then um, next up to shoot is The Finca, which is going to be shot in Andalusia in Spain. And we're hoping, if all goes well, that we're going to shoot that in the autumn this year, at the end of the summer. So, And that, again, is kind of like a psychological horror 
kind of genre. Um, again, finally, one location and very few people. So we're going back <laughs> from right. from the enormity of Beskiza, which was huge. Um, we're trying to claw back and, and, and do something smaller, but, you know, and a, and a completely different genre again. So, so that's 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 what's coming up in uh, in a couple of months. Well, end end of the summer anyway. <laughs> that's fantastic. I mean, hopefully Ray turns up. Um, so Ray, if you're watching this, um, we want you there. Please be there. <laughs> um, but it's I, I, like I said, I, I talked a little bit about the comedies that I watched when I was younger and. Um, most of the things I like to watch are, are comedies. I do like, you know, other genres. I do like a, a drama. I do like a... I didn't think I liked sci-fi, but I do. Um, it was just quite surprising to me. Um, I don't, don't ask why. It just It just was. I just never thought I did. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I said, the psychological horror is, is also very, very good because you, you, you have to be involved in it. So um, I don't know if you remember that programme. I don't know if you would have watched it, um, but there's a there was a series called the serpent on the bbc and uh, based on a true story and although you don't actually see anything it's all very much implied what what happens and um yeah that was good because it it wasn't fast paced it was very slow paced it was very well thought out and um yeah i like i like that sort of thing um so let's look out for best geezer at the south end film festival if you get a chance um yeah it's worth it's worth a good watch um but yeah, we will watch out for the um, <laughs> for the South End Film Festival for Best Geezer, and um, later on in the year, end of summer in Spain. That's a nice location. Um, we'll look out for your yes. for your other one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's lots going on. I, I, t I have to say, my brain is all over the place at the moment because I've got seem to be juggling so much. And um, oh dear, yeah, I've got promoting cast and kill and doing all that over here and then best geese are coming up over there and then the finger going on <laughs> I don't know where I am at the moment <laughs> it, why why I like um speaking to producers and directors is because um once an actor's done their bit that's that's pretty much them just going okay I'm done you know um mm. you guys have to there's a lot more yeah. that still goes on behind the scenes if you see what I mean so um it's 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 a good one to talk about so um if I ask this question next, um, hopefully it will lead on to another question, which was, um, what is life like behind the scenes? What is it like? Is it, is, is it quite lonely? Is it, is it an enjoyable experience? Is it um, about a lot, a lot of long hours? Um, it's definitely not lonely. You, you are surrounded by people and it's, you know, you, you all rely on each other. Everybody has a very specific job. Sometimes, you know, you've got to cross over. It's like me, for instance, I wear, because we work on micro-budget projects, I wear a lot of different hats. Um, I'm the screenwriter, I'm the producer. I, I also, um, I'm the audio technician on the boom and I'm a caterer and trying to, you know, organise actors and stuff. And so... It's definitely not lonely. It's like, I mean, the true description of working behind the scenes on a film set is like you're herding cats. You're running around doing a million different things, trying to get everybody together, but they're all off doing their own thing. Um, it is great. It's a great feeling. Um, when you're on set, it's like... It, it, I don't know. In the early days, I think I probably found it quite stressful but now I'm just like grown into it and um um it, you know it's it's kind of cool you know you kind of just just get on with it and um because I'm a very organized person I have to I have to be <laughs> yeah I have to be organized otherwise I just can't cope so everything's methodical and I'm, and I'm very bad at delegating I need to delegate more so you know so I, I have to, you know, do all the scheduling myself and the call sheets myself because I'm the one that knows the schedule better than anybody else and knows, you know, who's who's who and who's due on whatever day. 
I would like the day to come where we've got a much bigger team and I can delegate more and just sit around and maybe have the, have a coffee and point and suggest things. That would be nice. But I think I'd still be busybody enough to get stuck in and have to do other things, um, organise things. So, yeah, it's... Um, it is each film. Each film is very, very different. I mean, Casting Kill we shot in six days, which was completely nuts, and so it was a bit of a stressy film shoot because we were so behind schedule on the first two days, um, and then we were we were all all a bit worried about because it was coming out of the COVID lockdown thing. So we were all a bit worried about people coming down with COVID and shutting down the whole production, which is why we scrabbled to get it all done in six days. So that was that was a bit stressy. But on the best geezer shoot, it was shot over five weeks, maybe six weeks. So laid back, such fun. Everybody was just mad and crazy, which was great. Um, and we had such fun and we'd never laughed so much. I've never laughed so much on a film set in my life than when we were shooting best geezer just in complete stitches most of the time, which was a bit inconvenient when you're trying to shoot things and you can't stop laughing. But <laughs> it was it was such fun. And then, you know, when we when we wrapped that shoot, it was like, oh no, we've got to stop now. This is not this is not fair, you know, we all want to carry on and do something else. But so that was great. So um yeah, that being Working behind the scenes is very, very gratifying. And I would recommend it to anybody. Even if you're an actor, go behind the scenes and have a go because it's uh, it's great fun. I like I like your enthusiasm and um it's 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 good to hear that that you're enjoying the process because what you don't want is yes, we understand that it's stressful at times and when you're behind mm. uh two days behind on the six day shoot, you're thinking, Oh, how am I gonna get this done? Um, mm. but it, it is good to get the other side of it where you're relaxed and everybody's having fun and laughing and you know it's everything's just working out and there's there's good times and there's bad times I guess yeah that's true I mean it does help that you know on Best Geezer we had such an amazing team you know um, the actors were amazing um, the crew were amazing they you know just everybody was amazing <laughs> I guess that's an Essex thing, maybe. They're just like everybody mucks in together and I don't know. It's the first time it's the first time we made a film in Essex. So um so far I'm, I'm pretty happy with the experience. <laughs> as as an East Ender, um you'll find that a lot of Essex a lot of people from Essex are from the East End. So um yeah, that's why yeah. we're we're all up for everything. It's like, hey, come on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. We had a Londoners come down as well to work on the film, um, and they were great. Yeah, probably East End as well. So everybody, yeah, this whole neck of the woods was was good fun. Good, good, good. Um, and what do you think about the industry as a whole? Um, what what are your thoughts in the, of the industry? Is it a good industry to get into? Is it something that you'd recommend? Yeah, I, I would recommend it. Because, um, I mean, it's it's almost like an industry in two halves or even in three halves. You know, you've got the you got the big big bucks over here, and they 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 do their thing over there, and then you've got the the more independent guys over here. Um, you know, kind of like innovating and and coming up with new and improved ways of making films on a shoestring. Um, and I think, and I think there's, no matter what what you've been trained as, if if you've trained as something in the past, you know, even if you're a seamstress or a cook or a builder or, or something, you know, you you will always have a place on a film set. So if you love the movie industry and you want to get involved in it, there's going to be a place for you on on the you know on the crew. So that's my opinion anyway. I don't know. I've taken my secretarial experience, and my admins, and and all this stuff I used to work in and taking that and put it in to what I'm doing um 
So yeah, I would if if you if you like to be if you don't like the nine to five kind of life and you'd like to be traveling different places, meeting new people, trying new things, I definitely recommend the film industry. Um, it is challenging and it is hard. It, I guess it's it is hard to get into, um, and sometimes it's difficult to know how to do it especially if you come into it late in life like I did. You know, I came in into it in my 40s, so um, definitely, yeah, definitely wasn't trained for it. Never went to film school or anything. So, um, but I think there's, 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 I don't see why there shouldn't be a, a route for people, for anybody wanting to get involved to, you know, in the film industry to, to get involved in it. So... I might be wrong. Maybe I'm just a dreamer and uh, <laughs> I don't know the hard realities of how to do it. But I know some people, a lot of people who have come into it having had previous um, careers. And, you know, you could just got to learn to work, you know, um, accept that you've got to start from the bottom and, and, and work your way up. But that's cool. It's all about learning, isn't it? And experience. This will go straight into the next question and I'll go back a little bit on, on, on something that you said there. Um, yes, you can okay. start at the bottom and, um, and, and kind of work your way up, but it doesn't happen so much over here, unfortunately. So, mm. for, for example, if you're a, a, an essay, an extra, um, they don't like you to be an extra or an actor, to, to go to an actor. So lots of actors will go, well, I need on-screen experience, but they don't want you to do essay work because they won't count it and they kind of frown upon it. And lots of lots of big productions require you to have some sort of uh, acting experience, uh, gone to a good drama school or something. So mm -hmm. um, I, I said, it leads into this question. What do you think the industry needs to improve? Oh, Lordy. Um, <laughs> well... <laughs> I don't know. You've thrown... I mean, it's interesting what you were saying there, though, about, you know, some actors don't think that being an extra, they're not worthy of being an extra or something because they want to get straight into the paid acting roles. Um, that that shouldn't be a thing. They should, they should... I mean, if I was... If I was serious about being in a time, I'd just want to get any experience I could get, whether it was paid or not, because it, it all helps me. And it helps my confidence and it helps you get contacts and you, you can network and you can, you know, you never know where that might leave, lead. Um, I mean, I've never been on a big, big movie set, but I would really like to, even just as an extra or, I don't know, just just sitting there and watching, you know, I'd, I'd just happily do that because I'd love to learn and get experience. And as as I say, you know, meet, you, you never know who you might meet and it's all about making contacts. Um, so there's that. Um, as to what the industry needs to improve, um, it's difficult. I mean, there's a million things. I'm gonna come away from this podcast and think, yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> but I think it's all about opportunities, I guess. Oh, I think, Okay, one of the, th and this is going to be controversial. <laughs> well, one of the things like in the UK is as soon as, sorry? We like a bit of controversy. Oh, cool. In the UK, um, for actors, there's a lot of casting directors who will only look at actors who have a spotlight profile. Now, I think that's, really wrong and really restrictive because um, not every actor who has a spotlight profile is, you know, going to be the next, you know, going to be brilliant or or there, there's going to be a whole slew of actors on over here on IMDb who have got some great credits and some great um, experience and, and they're very, very talented, but just because they're not on spotlight, they won't get looked at by these casting directors. I think that's, I'd, I'd like to see that change 
the attitude change because you know I don't know how much it is to be on spotlight but um uh it's you know I've heard some actors say that they've paid all this money to be on spotlight but they've never gotten any jobs from it so I don't I mean I'm not on spotlight I I'm not an actor real actor so I don't know <laughs> but this is just what I've what I've I've seen that other actors have said but as um as somebody who casts I I can't, you know I'm like the casting director at times for our films um I don't care if you've got a spotlight profile I actually prefer that you've got an IMDb profile because that helps the film and the production because if you're trying to sell a movie later on um to anybody on the planet and predominantly in America, they're going to say, okay, let's look at this film on IMDb and see what their cast is. So it's, um, and if, and if half the cast haven't got any actual IMDb pro profiles with photographs, they're going to think, well, these people are nobodies. Um, and, and it doesn't really show your film in the best light. So we're always looking ahead to selling our film and, and also, you know, promoting the cast as well. Um, but that's just my five cents worth about, you know, you see, and, and that, this, this, and this country spotlight. But that's why I asked the question and that's why I talked about that particular thing is because lots of, lots of, when I was spoken to actors and, and stuff like that and, um, I used to be an essay, I used to be, done a bit of acting, did a bit of essay work and, it was always frowned upon that you were an SA and it's like, okay, well, you surely you should just be able to progress. You, you, you're asking actors to get screen um, movie TV experience, but they, they can't get that because they're not on spotlight and they're, they're not getting the opportunities. And how do they get that experience? And you sort of mm -hmm. go, if they go in as an SA, as an extra, then they'll get that experience and they'll, they'll know how to, how to be on set and how to, how to do those things. And over here, it's just, it's, I find it I find it very bizarre as you said in America um you do you work your way up you start off as an essay you get all different credits under your name um a good one is Samuel L. Jackson you know he's the hardest working man in Hollywood probably um but you know he little things little things little things little things little things little things and then now he's headlining blockbuster movies and and and, yeah. and Disney things and stuff like that so you know mm. yeah no, I know it is crazy. I completely agree with you. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot that can be improved in the UK film industry, um, just from from what I've observed. So that's that's definitely one of them. I don't see why there should be a stigma about being uh, um, an extra or a supporting artist. I don't understand that at all. That's crazy. Um, but I, I would, you know, because you can get you can get potentially be a, a supporting artist on a movie. And then, you know, maybe somebody will pop up and say, OK, can you come and come over here and say these two lines, you know, and you get some lines and then, you know, it's it just helps. <laughs> it helps. Helps everything. That's my thinking behind it is not 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 everybody is going to go to a drama school and, and, you know, and yeah. go down that route. And A, it could be for, for financial reasons and B, you know, not everybody um, is a class mentality. So you're not, you're not able to go into a classroom and go, I'm going to learn here, but um, they've always had the talent, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, um, absolutely. And, and that's, that should ultimately be what, what sells somebody, mm -hmm. you know, if you want the best people, then you get the best talent and not everybody that goes to a drama school, for example, is going to be the best talent. Yes, they are talented, um, but they might not be the best talent for a particular yeah. project. And um, yeah, you know, it is, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keep completely it. with you on that one. Definitely. I'll lead into this last one. Um, and it's because we've, again, it sort of follows on from what we've just been talking about. And this is more aimed at people like yourself, producers, directors, right, screenwriters and stuff like that. Um, should we have a small screen channel in the UK? Um, what do you mean by small screen? Sorry if I'm being a bit thick. <laughs> no, you know what? 
not worded it well, and that's kind of on purpose. But um, by small screen, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's the independence. It's the independence and people that make uh, short films, uh, feature films that have had little to no budget. And um, should there be a channel that showcases these things? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a brilliant idea. I re- yeah. Yeah, a short answer is yes, 100%. That would be amazing. I mean, you've got in the in the USA, you've got Tubi, which um, until recently, until Fox bought it, a lot of smaller bu- smaller budgeted movies like mine and, and a million other people, they've been able to show their films and, and you know, they've been watched by millions and millions of people in... I think two B screens in North America, Australia, New Zealand, and they've had that. But the Fox have bought it out now. They're pu- pushing everyone else out with their big, bigger, more mainstream movies. Um, so what we need is like a, a, like a two B for for the UK, but um, where you don't get bigger corporations muscling and, and getting their bigger budget on there on on screen. So. Um, I think that would be a brilliant idea. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's set this up. <laughs> <laughs> I said I've had the idea for years, and it's one of those things that I, I would love to do because there is, like yeah. I said, there is so much talent out there, so much talent, mm-hmm. and um, lots of people like yourself. Is you don't necessarily do it for the money; you do it for the love of the art. But it would be nice to actually get that recognition where you can say well, this is where people can go and view it and not just um, mm. it's on this website or it's going to be shown at this particular festival and it's going to be shown in America, News, Australia and uh, and places like that. Um, it'd be nice to have it here just so that people can go, this is what my hard work has done. So when it does come to things like crowdfunding, for example, you can go, well, it's on this channel and you can go and view it yourself. And then when you've got another project, people will go, okay, well, I'm actually I'm actually interested so I can go and view it. Yeah, yeah, that would that'd be great because um, you know I know uh, um, a lot of my contemporaries, you know, at this kind of like level of filmmaking where we're all piling in and having a go, and as I said before, innovating. I think we're dri- the driving force of uh, <laughs> indie film. Um, you know, they're, they're all making films. Um, because they love to do it and because they're, they're driven to do it and also to make a, a wee bit of money would be nice. Um, and, they're, you know, they're making some great stuff and there's a whole slew of slew of independent filmmakers out there that, um, you know, would, would definitely, uh, definitely be interested in that for sure. <laughs> I've, I've coined it, it's mine. So yeah, when you see it yeah. out in a couple of years, you can go, oh, yes, Trade, did that. Trademark it. <laughs> Um, finally give us a pro tip what's a pro tip for somebody starting out in the industry um you gotta work hard don't don't sit back and think that something's going to fall into your lap it's not going to you've got to be really 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 a hundred percent into communication it's that that's the key as far as i'm concerned um if you can't communicate or keep in t- touch with people or or respond to emails or or whatever um messages on social media in a timely fashion and it, you're going to lose opportunities i think so um communication is key hard work is key um don't be and don't be disillusioned I mean, you are going to be knocked back time and time again, but you just got to keep optimistic and keep keep hopeful and and don't be put off by don't be put off by haters. There's a lot of haters out there. Just keep keep on plowing and get get used to uh, get used to the hard graft because it's rewarding in the end when you actually. When you, when you, even if you get a little little success of, of something, some little success, it's like feels great. So keep going; it will be worth it. <laughs> Pro tip, good. 
Caroline, thank you very much for joining me. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's been an insight. I look forward to, I might even pop down to the South End Film Festival if I can, because uh, yeah, I'm an EastEnders, so do you know what I mean? This uh, pop down there. Oh, come on down. You'll, you'll have a good laugh. Meet the gang. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I think I might just do that. When, when is it to say that people people know? Um, well, our film is screening on the eleventh of June. Uh, the whole festival starts at the opening gala, which is the eighth of June, and then through the weekend to the to the Sunday, the eleventh. Which our film will be the last, ta-da, big film to be shown. Perfect. 11th of June, um, South End Film Festival, Casting Kill. Oh, no, sorry, Best Geezer. God, get it right, Steve. Come on. Um, Caroline Spence. Best Geezer, 8 p.m. <laughs> Thank you very much. 8 p.m. as well. God, look, Thank you so much. All in there. Best Geezer, 8 p.m., 11th of June, South End Film Festival. Caroline Spence, they call me Stepney. This is behind the scenes. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs>